Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Uh, NFL playoffs are doing their thing. New Hampshire just did their primary, the first actual primary of the political season. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about. But Stephen, how are you? I'm good. You have a very uh, uh, producer look today with the glasses and the headphones. You like, you like but that? Maybe that's how I look every week since I cannot go without my glasses. I... Almost never wear glasses, and people made a big deal of it when I was out earlier. I'm like, yeah, I usually wear contacts. I mean, that's a huge deal. I mean, that's like me shaving my beard. I'm about to shave mine. Yeah, but you, you don't have like you don't have a no, full you, beard. You, no, I don't. I don't. Right? All, right. all right, no one cares about our beards. All right. That's all right. Um, all right, so I want to start talking about um, the Israeli-Gaza conflict because Israel, uh, Israeli forces suffered. Uh, they lost 23 soldiers in a day this week. And um, I think they were uh, setting up munitions to, to destroy a hospital. And, and I think a missile was fired at them while they were doing that. Um, obviously ugly, lo- lo- loss of life. But I hate to say this, the only way Israel is going to start taking this seriously in terms of how awful this is, is casualties. And I don't want that to happen. It's just I'm being in my opinion realistic and it's again a very ugly thing for me to say but i don't think i'm wrong am i i don't know um you know I, i don't so i look at this a little bit different right like i think one there needs to be more emphasis on what it is that the israeli soldiers were doing Right. Okay. I mean, in terms of setting munitions to destroy a hospital. Right. I mean, and if if I'm not mistaken, um, the the soldiers were killed. It was friendly fire that killed the soldiers. I don't know about that. I thought no, it was. No, I'm okay. literally. Right. I, I'm not mis. I, so I'm not mistaken. Okay. Right? Only because I'm, I'm looking at it here. Um, now, now, the news reports are saying that it wasn't a hospital, though. Um, is that it was a facility used to build rockets. Um, and the combat engineers were lining the site with explosive charges. And then um, a nearby Israeli tank crew thought that they were Hamas fighters. And they opened fire. Um and the shell hit the electricity pole, and that triggered the explosives, and then it kills the soldiers. Um, so it's not a hospital. Okay. But but it still highlights kind of – so it's not a hospital, so that's not as like grotesque as what you initially thought, right? But at the same time, to your point, like I don't think that Israel – is going to look at a loss of life on their side as a reason to stop. They're going to look at that and use it as a reason, as, as a motivation to keep going and to go even harder. 
right? What started this, right? Well, not what started right, this, but right, October yeah, yeah, 7th yeah. was the thing that, you know, the match into the gasoline, right? And so since then, they said, look, we, we aren't going to take anything from you people anymore. And now you're going to feel our full wrath. They're not going to change from that position. And so any loss of life, they will blame on Hamas. And that will, in their mind, justify continuing what they're doing and ramping things up. Even this situation, even though it was their own forces who killed their own soldiers, they're still going to blame Hamas. Like, hey, you don't attack us on October 7th and you don't attack us and you just leave us alone then we're not in this. But because we're in this with you, you cause us to put our soldiers in harm and it ends up getting our soldiers killed. Whether we killed them or not, we thought they were you because you're a threat to us. Therefore, we need to make sure that we eradicate you so we don't have to worry about making that mistake in the future. You know, I that actually made perfect sense. <laughs> like, am I high or is this making perfect sense? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, but y'all, I just want to give you a little bit of Don't a, you go inside I'm just, baseball. I'm, I'm just going to say for myself, I, I, I'm a little THC touched this evening, so take it easy on me if I step on my own dick, okay? Okay. Thank you. And I'm not exactly clear-headed myself, but... Um, you step I, on your own dick. I will step Don't on step my own on dick. mine. I will not... All right. That's <laughs> this rude. Is, this is going... It's rude, This Jim. is going badly already. No, it, 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 it you're, you're, you're making a good point, though. It, it highlights a, the, the brutality and the awfulness of this whole situation. And I don't know what the solution is. Um, I don't know if there is one. But the, the, what I was trying to uh, get at before is for this to put pressure on Benjamin Netanyahu and make him say, or make those around him say, you got to go. It takes awful things. And this is an awful thing, and he's got to go. He's I, I, look. I've if never... I I don't like so, I don't know what it'll take. This isn't the thing that'll that will. I mean, maybe it could. Do you but agree th- that he's got to go? I don't think it matters. Okay. I don't you, know, you, and you very well may be right. And the re- here's why I don't think it matters. I, I don't like Benjamin Netanyahu, but. Kicking him out, and and listen, this is I maybe it sounds cliche or a cop out, but I suspect who whoever has whoever has the cachet to step into that role or get voted into that role, I suspect is not going to be a person that is more progressive that is going to want to pull back that's going to want to stop this. I I suspect that even if you got rid of Benjamin Netanyahu because you're upset about the Israeli soldier casualties, you're just going to get someone in there who you think is more competent, who will prevent the casualties, but then still execute on the mission. And that's that's always a challenge, right? When you deal with... um... Now, here's the other thing. I don't know what sort of accurate media we get out of that region... But what I'm seeing with Al Jazeera and some of these, like I don't see a strong, um, a strong enough kind of pushback, like locally, domestically in Israel, right? Like there are people in Israel who don't 
like what's going on, who want the they want the fighting to stop, who see like how awful this is and are calling it out for a genocide. Like and they are building um their 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 voice on social media through TikTok and you know Instagram, Facebook, whatever, their influence is growing, but they don't have enough to where I think that they could get someone in to be prime minister. Right, someone who has control over this. Like, I, I don't think that there's. I think that 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 there is a contingent of of Israelis who see what's happening and see it as wrong, but I don't think they have the power to get someone in that would stop this. I think whoever got, whether they were voted in or appointed in, would be someone that would continue to execute the mission as planned, but do it more efficiently by saving Israeli soldier lives. Well, I mean. I hear what you're saying. Um, that's obviously not what I'm trying to hope for. I want someone who comes in and says, okay, we need to end the loss of human life or reduce loss. I mean, it's just such a fucking mess. And I don't know that there's a solution at this point. I don't think Israel wants to back down. And, I, and what I said before, I mean, I know it was ugly, but, you know, un, unless Israeli civilians are saying, we need this shit to stop, then their political leaders won't have any motivation to make it stop. And maybe they won't no matter what. You could be right. I mean, I, but I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I think that if there were a big enough groundswell in Israel from the people pushing back, then, yes, I think that that could have some influence and some power. I think that can work anywhere. We've seen it work here in the United States to a degree, but I just don't think it's there. Right, I, I don't think that. I think there's. I think there's. I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands of you know Jews in Israel who want this to stop. Right. But I think you need millions, like on the same page, that are willing to march. You know, on. Um, and, and and to be fair, they, I mean, October seventh isn't that long ago. No. And lots of people were directly impacted by that. So the terror that was unleashed that day by Hamas. I, if, if that happened here, my anger wouldn't go away in a couple of months. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it, I'm, still, I'm still pissed about January 6th. Yeah. How many years ago Three. was that? <laughs> right? And it wasn't near, I mean, it was it terrible, was, but it's not this. No, it's not. Right? And I, and I you know what I mean? And I'm still, I'm, I, I still have real, real shitty feelings about how that all went down and, and the people who perpetrated it. Um, it. Here's the other thing. You know, you had about 1,200 Israeli deaths, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe thirteen hundred. I don't know. I think the data I got was from early January. But you got twelve hundred Israeli deaths, roughly. You got twenty two thousand Palestinian deaths, right? That we know of. That we know of, right? Now you could say the same thing for the Israeli numbers. So I mean, worst case scenario with the Israeli loss of life, you're at two thousand, right? But that Palestinian number could be way higher. Right? It's I don't not think gonna go down. I don't think it's I think if anybody's fudging the numbers, I don't I don't think that they're they're boosting them, right? No. So when you just look at that comparison, right? That's fucking 20 to 1. What in like just that number alone tells you that the Israelis aren't slowing down. Well, again, I would say I would 
venture to guess that the numbers are much worse than that because they're right. We've 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 both watched or seen videos of just carpet bombing. Yeah, uh, and um, schools. Now, to your point, now the, uh, there was a hospital under attack, and I think it's the last hospital, last safe, quote unquote, place of refuge in in Gaza, and we know that it was attacked by Israeli sources uh, or uh, forces. So, I, and I don't know how bad that attack was. I'm sorry, um, but it, it just like they're not. They don't care. This is not. This is not a fair fight. And the Israelis don't care about fair. Like they, they're they're pulling out all the stops, and I I don't think that there's anything other than a massive rebellion by the Israeli people that is gonna that's gonna stop the government from what they're doing. Even I don't think there's I don't think they're gonna slow down. I think if anything they're gonna go faster, and I just don't think there's anything to stop them um, other than that big uprising from the people. And I don't think they got enough people for anything like that to happen. I, I wish I could disagree. I can't. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm very torn in this whole situation. Like, I put myself in the shoes of either side, and it's there's just no comfortable spot to be in. I mean, if I put myself... So I thought about this today. And hear me out. It's not the same, but what if like so we know how the cartels are integrated into the government in mexico like mexico denies it but we know that the cartels have bought their way into various levels very high up the chain in the mexican government so you know i think part of israel's explanation of or justification is the people of israel voted in hamas as their governing body so, or the the people of yeah. Gaza, right, voted in the voted them in as their governing body, and then Hamas launches this attack against us. Therefore, right, Hamas, as both a terrorist organization and the ruling party of the state, um, not that they have a state, right, but the ruling party of the state um, has attacked us. So we are now at war with you as a whole. Right? This isn't just about taking out the terrorist group. We're at war with your country. And we apparently don't give a fuck about the Geneva Convention. right? So we're going to just do whatever we have to do to eliminate you as you know, an enemy, uh, enemy of war. right? And that, that's how they're going. So hear me out. The comparison for me, and you got to kind of fudge it a little bit, is... The Mexican cartels are integrated into the Mexican government. So let's say the cartels launch an attack into Texas and Louisiana and kill a thousand people, right? Just a massacre, right? It, you know, mass shooting, machetes, just full on cartel style, all the way through Louisiana, Texas, even into Mississippi, right? Okay. I mean, not okay, but you right. Understand. So then. Do we attack Mexico? How how do we like right like so? And let's say they did it under the guise of me Mexican military or Mexican special forces, Mexican police, whatever, right? You know they say, oh, we're we're you know we're running up on a lead, and we 
thought the bad guys came here and they just kill a bunch and whatever, and they do it in the name of the Mexican government, but we all know that the Mexican government is run by the cartel. Right now, again, this is a fix, fiction. We're trying to yeah, make yeah, it work. Yeah, so then, what, what's the appropriate response for the U.S. in that situation? Right? Is because the way think about it, the way people are supporting Israel's response in the U.S. is Hamas came in, killed a thousand, so it's perfectly justified for you go out to kill twenty thousand. Right? They invaded your space. They came and killed your people. They did it in a really brutal, yeah. hot, you know. I so mean, then, yeah. on the flip side, then could, would the appropriate response, according to them, be for us to basically go out and fucking wipe out all of northern Mexico? I mean, that, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I don't have a good answer to that. Um but is it, I mean, like, I, I know it, we got to fudge it, right, yeah, to, def- to get there, definitely. right, with the cartels and the government. But we know for a fact that the cartels are bought into the Mexican government. So and, and if they know- ever, if the cartels under the guise of the government ever did something to the U.S., is that basically a call to war? And can, if we attack them, like Israel yeah, yeah, is doing yeah, Gaza. Know, that, that's, I mean, we're, we're going down a weird path. But, but think about it. The cartels have been, like, between the immigration that, you know, conservatives are complaining about all the time, and it's a legitimate issue. Not just, like, if you're in Texas, if you're down there in a border state, you, this is not, like... It's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's hard for us in Ohio, but it is very real. So I don't want to just put it on conservatives because it's a real problem. But immigration, um, like, illegal immigration, drug trafficking, human trafficking... Um, the violence that happens that occurs on either side of the border that sucks resources from our government that we've been dealing with for the last 30 years, 40 years, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. All these, and then let's say, so you take all those years of, of, we'll call them microaggressions, and then something brutal happens between, like I said, Texas and Louisiana, the border states. Thousand people, you know, 1,500 people die. Then would it justify U.S. going? All right, so now you're going to taste all of the brass knuckles. And and I mean, I think your your point is essentially that if we then start just blasting away at Mexico City, civilians are going to die. And would we say, well, you fucked with us? You know, fuck around, find out. I don't know. I don't know. I just there. I don't see a solution here. And I'm you know not an I, I think we have to stop using the term solution. Because of the ugliness of it. No, I mean, I think there's not going to be a solution. There's not going to be a peaceful resolution. This will come to an end when Israel's done. And we're not going to stop them. No one else is going to step in. So, the only thing that changes this is if other Muslim countries decide, fuck it, we'll go toe-to-toe with everybody. But we're not going to let them... We're not going to let this continue to happen. And the fact that, like... It's interesting that no one has like fully jumped in yet, right? With all the shit that everybody talks about, how bad they hate Americans, death to America, blah blah blah. Oh, they hate uh, the Americans, uh, the West. You guys are such terrible, awful, right? I, and and these, you know, and I mean, we know how they feel about Israel and sure. the Jews and everything else. I think it's kind of interesting that they're all just like they're they're all basically just watching what's happening in Palestine, like. 
That is so terrible. That should not be going on. It, Israel, you got we we called it. You're assholes, right? But what are they really doing? You know, I mean, sure, behind the scenes, a little, you know, terrorist attack proxy here, wars proxy and- wars over there. But like, it, you know, everybody had some shit to say about Israel, right? In 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 the Middle East, and now all of a sudden. Shit's hitting the fan, and like, and I get it. You got to be tactical, and that's a big decision to make. It's huge, and that's kind of my point, right? It, everyone talks a big fucking game, but now we're now you're face to face with it, and you're seeing the other countries in the Middle East like trying to figure out what their play is. And I just think that by the time they figure it out, Israel will be done, and they will have wiped that place clean, and it'll you just know- be. The, the, Where did the Palestinians go? The sports analogy, from my perspective, is is hockey. When the tough guy from a team just drops his gloves, skates to center ice, and says, who wants it? And everyone's tough until you have to skate to center ice and deal with that guy. Um, right. And, you know, and I tied, you know, I was saying the U.S. because the point that I was making, I was trying to get to, which, you know, again, touched by THC, but... And, you know, a lot of U.S. dollars have gone into Israel to make them what they are, right? Sure. To get them dollars, to this technology, point. Hotel, exactly. Yep. And so we're directly tied to them and what they do. Um, and I just think we've created a monster that we now cannot control. That's a very good way of saying it because I don't – I agree with you. There's no – they, they are going to do what they're going to do. And whenever they put anything in front of the U.N., they're basically saying U.K., U.S., one of you make sure nothing official comes out and we'll keep doing what we're doing. And like you said, 22,000 confirmed for if, if, yeah. if Palestinian deaths. That's a lot of fucking people, man. Right. I mean, I think the U.S. lost like 50,000 during the course of Vietnam. 22,000 in a couple of months, mm-hmm. mostly civilians. That's right, why maybe, I said, and, yeah, and again, let, that's why. Cheer. Well, that's why I just said that. Um, there's, I don't think there's a solution or a resolution. Um, this will just end, and Israel will tell See, us. Here, here's, here's why I disagree with that. I wish you were right, but uh, I think this is just going to stoke a fire. So even if— No, I mean, I, I, that's where I disagree. Because If it was going to stoke a fire, right, one of these countries would have made a move by now, right? A direct move. Not this proxy war, we're going to bomb Yemen, right? Really? Yemen? Right, Israel and Pakistan are having a little tiff, or I'm sorry, Iran, Iran yeah. and Pakistan, right? Little, you know, you're hearing about little standoffs here and there. You know, people are sending sternly worded letter letters from, you know, Lebanon or whoever. But, you know, will they do something eventually? It Maybe. Just, all right, fine. Maybe it's it's putting I, a fire near kindling, and there will this will only foment more terror attacks because. Entities that don't have the who? fire. Who's going to who attack knows? who? There'll be more people running into malls. Are they going to attack Israel directly? Yes. I think. Nah. All right, man. I mean, we, we've gone 20 minutes and we're both. Okay. I think we're both touched by THC and also frustrated because I don't know what's, you know, what, what to say or what to, what to hope for even. In domestic- I don't know. This is just a situation where I don't. I, I'm sorry. I just don't have hope for it. No, I, I, I think we're I on just, the same page. I just, we're on the same I just page. think it ends. 
terrible. I, I, I think it ends where Israel has established themselves as the bully on the block. And unless, you know, some of these other countries band together and really come with a solid knockout punch, I, I don't I don't think they're gonna there there may be some little shit here and there but I think it, 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 the on, my only concern is does Israel stop <laughs> at Palestine or do they set their sights further I I doubt it highly but it, you know I don't know All right. once you get the taste well I th- that's 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 a good point though I don't believe there is expansionist uh, goals beyond the you know Gaza, Gaza Strip and, yeah. and West Bank. Um, and I could be wrong, but I, I don't think that that's the case. So domestically, we have the New Hampshire primary concluded. Donald Trump won convincingly. Ten, like a ten-point lead. Ten-point ten ten point win. Yeah. Both. I love it when both sides claim victory. When my my, my I, I, sarcastically, I love a boxing match where both fighters walk to the corner after the final bell with their hands in there, like, okay, you both didn't do this. Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard is my favorite one because Leonard puts his hands in the air and Duran shoves him in the back and goes, no, 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 no. You know how this went. Um, Nikki Haley lost. Yeah. And she's Double digits. She's done, right? Yeah, I mean. She says she's going to fight on. Yeah, she's going to keep fighting until she's out of money because why not? Um, And so I think she's going to keep fighting until she's out of money, which pretty much tells you that I don't think she's going to try to run as like an independent candidate because if she was going to go independent, then now would be the time to jump ship and start that ball rolling. Right. While you still have some cash and your name is relevant. Right. And then you could run on, look how ridiculous the GOP is at this point. Look how ridiculous Democrats are. These are my values that lean somewhat progressive. These are my values that lean conservative. And then you may be able to actually get yourself a legitimate shot because you may be able to pull enough people off sort of the bridge from either, from both camps. Um, again, it's possible, not necessary, not necessary, it's plausible, not necessarily possible. You know what I mean? Um, and what I mean by that is like, I, I can say it and you can see how it could work, but like in reality, we all know it's not going to go that way, but that's not what she's doing. She's, she's going to run this out. She's going to burn all her cash. She's just going to try to throw as many spears into the whale that is Trump on her way down. Um, and then she's going to go away and sit on a bunch of boards and, and make money that way. Yeah. I mean, she'll make money as a media personality, if nothing else. Um, I don't I'm, know how much she'll want to be in the media after this. Really? I, mean, I, mean, I mean, she, you know, she, she, but I mean, I think after losing to him and I, I just, I don't think she's going to want to be in the media after this. Although she, she may take a step back and then kind of start to resurface towards the end of his, uh, nomination or process, his, his uh, election or when his presidency or whatever, assuming he gets, he wins the election. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm becoming less convinced he will. I, I, the, the, the more data I see, as much as Joe Biden is not a comforting uh, uh, candidate. I mean, I mean, you and I have both been blatantly uh, against him being the nominee. He's going to be. There's just 
there's no yeah there's no doubt about that he's definitely going to be the nominee the question is can he will he be the next president of the united states and i I think if he runs against trump he has a solid chance if he runs against anyone else probably not i don't know if i lean strong with solid i i don't like the numbers and the data that you're looking at uh, the the reason why they're problematic is how those numbers are gathered and a lot of, especially when the numbers lean heavily towards Biden, that means they're polling heavily in Democratic areas and they're targeting a very specific group that's giving a very specific answer that we know. Um, I don't trust that at all. And, it, you know, I just. In the last two presidential elections, it's been right one time and wrong another. Right? I mean, the numbers favored Hillary. And I've she been lo- right. You well, I did you predict Biden? I didn't like Biden, but yeah, I predicted okay. him. Okay, right. So I've been right, and what I'm telling, and and my methodology, not that it's super duper scientific, but when you start to strip away these polls that have obvious bias in the way, like because they tell you how they do their formulas, right? Like it's not that hard. Some of them literally tell you the states that they call. You can find, you can drill down to the counties where they do a lot of their robo-dialing, right? Like, so if they're calling a place like Cleveland, right, and they're hitting numbers that are predominantly on, you know, the east side, then that's that's going to lean you heavily towards Biden, right, just by where, the, where, where you're focusing your calls. And a lot of that calling and a lot of that polling is, is, for whatever reason, not evenly spread out and dispersed. Like, when it comes to Ohio, they're focusing on these key metropolitan areas, right? Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Dayton, Toledo, right? Dayton, Toledo may lean a little more right. Cincinnati probably does. Does not. Like, Cincinnati is pretty, like, is... I live there. I mean, the suburbs of Cincinnati are... The suburbs, heavily, right? but, since the city, but Cincinnati proper, right, is... Oh, okay, yeah. A whole I mean, lot of colored folks in Cincinnati. Yeah, there, there are. Right? Like, you're south, you're down in Kentucky, so yeah, you can get that thing. But again, it's where, where the calls are happening, right? And so I'm just saying that I think that a lot of those polls are skewed. They don't give you the real numbers. They're focusing on very urban settings and urban centers, and you're not getting the data from, you know, the red parts of these different states, even including your state in New York, Right? Um, and so I just think the actual numbers do tell a different story and the race is just a lot closer between Trump and Biden than I'm comfortable with. And with the way things are going in Israel right now, um, and generally with Ukraine and just with, um, you know, our own issues domestically with immigration, um, these are buzzwords that, that conservatives play off of, but they're having success with it. Right. Like we know, like, I mean, like take, for instance, with immigration, right? The Senate comes through and says, we got a bill on immigration. It's pretty good. Lindsey Graham comes out and he tells, he tells the Democrat or he tells the, the GOP, um, the house. Yeah. The, 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 the house of the GOP is like, look, this is the best we're going to get. Right. And we know it's an issue. If we want to get something done, we need to sign it. And they're like, no, we're not going to sign it. Well, we're not going to vote. Right, we're not going to vote on it because, right, like, Donald Donald needs that. We can't give Biden a win. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? We talked about about this, I think, last week, where it's like, if you can look yourself in the mirror and say you care about America more than your party, 
and listen to that nonsense, how the fuck do you? But keep here's my thing: like they're doing that, they're saying that, they're telling you, like right, like they're they are telling you that they are playing you, and they still have the support that they have, right? Like they've got like the numbers estimate that they now have at least sixty percent of the GOP, right? And there's a larger independent number out there that left with if if Biden is the nominee then they're they're absolutely not going to vote for him and they'll hold their nose and they'll vote for Trump. And I'm just telling you this race is a hell of a lot closer than Democrats want to believe again. And if they're not careful, right? Which the, the, I okay, I I I agree that Democrats need to be aggressive and smart. But I will also say that um Richard Nixon used the term silent majority. So there's the people that didn't voice themselves, that didn't speak out, but then voted overwhelmingly towards him. And I think there's a lot of people who, in a normal world, would vote Republican, who see Trump and just go, I can't take any more of this. And if I got to vote for this dopey old white guy, Joe Biden, I'll do it. And again, I, think, I'll plug- I, I, I think you're underestimating the, just the dislike factor with Joe Biden. I, 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 I could be. I think it's. I think it's stronger. Like, and this isn't my. This isn't my bias, seeping in. I, I just there's certain places where you look, and there are certain groups where we know the numbers are not good for Biden. Like he he is absolutely losing ground in the black community. He is absolutely losing ground in the Muslim community. He is absolutely losing ground with. Um, with a, just a number of different groups that do you histori- think to the point where they would vote for Trump? Yeah, do you? Yeah, I think okay. like, because I just think, and some of it is I think people are so. It, it's what it's always been. It's not because they believe Trump, but I think if you hang around the crazies long enough, you become one of them. But I think a majority of the people who support Trump initially didn't do it. Because they genuinely believe that he's a good leader or that he's going to do any of the shit that he says or that his policies are good or can even name a specific yeah, policy. Or name a policy, exactly. But I think it's literally a middle finger to progressives, right? It's people who I think are probably good people, but they don't like being preached at. They don't like being told that they have, they don't like being reminded or told every day that they've got white privilege. They don't like to be, and, and I'm not saying that like, they shouldn't hear it, but I'm just telling you, they don't like being, you know, told that because of their, because they're white or because they're a part of the patriarchy, right? Or they don't like being labeled as cis, right? Like, oh, you're just, that's the view of a cis male. Right, like it, it, they they don't like the constant lecturing, telling them how they're bad, and so they're like, "Look, I don't know what this is, right? But this isn't me, and I'd rather vote for that psychopath, Trump, than whatever this is going on over here." Right now, I'm not saying that those people are necessarily wrong. What I'm saying is, though, in the game of politics, right. They're, they're, it's a game, and you got to play it the right way. And forcing some of the further left, progressive, foreign stuff, the way that they have, is pushing people away towards Trump. And you get mad about that. You could try to put some bullshit study from some Ivy League school up and tell me that I'm wrong. But in a place like I, I live 
in literally the heart of America that is Ohio in Cleveland, and I see it and I hear it every fucking day. There, some of these people are genuinely good people, but they don't like being preached at. They don't like being told how they're fucked up, even though they're just people who wake up, go to work, try to feed their kids, have a good time, have a couple of drinks at the bar, rinse, wash, repeat. And you're sitting there telling them that because of their white privilege, they experienced all these things that black people, whatever, right? Some of it's true, on a, but not everybody needs to hear that scholarly lecture all the fucking time, every day, every time you get in front of a microphone. And after a while, it drives a wedge in, it drives people away, and you're seeing more and more people, right, anytime, you know, talking about climate change. And I'm not saying that you don't talk about climate change because something's happening with the fucking climate. We talked about this multiple times, right? But at the same time, I'm just telling you that that tactic is driving people away. And you can say, well, fuck them, we don't need them. And I will I'm tell you, that. well, <laughs> but a lot of people are, and I'm saying, fuck you, you do. Right, like this. In the, this game is dirty. No one gets out with their hands clean. So sometimes you gotta have people that you don't like on your team, and you can't just you, you can't just push everybody away. And that's kind of what Democrats and especially your further progressive left groups are doing, and they're not changing. And they feel that they're they're right. So okay, fine, be right, but you may lose this election, and we may then lose our democracy, and then it won't fucking matter. Yeah, I mean, look, I hear your concern, and I'm not dismissing it in any way whatsoever. I would say that I think there are more people that in, in 2016, I think you, you just nailed what happened in 2016. Um, I mean, Hillary Clinton was very unlikable. There think was a, about where you hang out. What's that? Think about where you hang out. Well, I know where I hang out. So do and, I. And yes, you do. That, and, where, but, the places but, you hang out are not uncommon to this side of town and where we live. No, they're not. No, they're not. So let's and, do the math. Let's do the numbers. I here's the thing. I think there's a lot more people who are like, why do you think that? Though? What are you basing it off of? Like, just think about your everyday experience. Don't try to don't. This isn't about how the, the some numbers you can pull out of your ass or being super smart. Just think about your lived experience every day. If you're asking me, what, if what if, do the numbers tell you? Based off just your surroundings, where you, you know, go, where I, I, where I, you. I, I, I will tell you that if you recall, go leading up to 2020. This street that we are sitting on right now was littered with Biden. Uh, you know, I, I mean, the the, the Biden and, and Biden won. And what else was here though? He, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, there were other. Oh, you're talking about the rallies and the shit. I mean, we literally had Trump rallies on the corner. We did. We did. Right of like the, the, of, yeah, of that, Rocky that's, River that's, Drive. That's now, kind of my point. But my point is like, yeah, there were a lot of Biden signs, but one, you don't know if people put those in or someone just came down the street and just stuck them in people's yards, right? Because it happens. Because well, I've woken okay. up with signs in my yard. Okay, but do they say there? Right. I, I'm not moving signs. I don't care. I okay. literally, unless it said like, you know, the guy who lives here is a rapist and a murderer, then I would remove that. But like, somebody put a window sign. I don't care. But my point is, you just going around the places where you go. Right, you know who you're surrounded by. Like I'll sure. tell you, most of the guys in my cigar shop, in the cigar shops I go to, are Trump guys. Yeah. Right. Most of the guys that I talk to at the gun range are Trump well, that's guys. Overwhelming right? That's a little bit different. We belong right? to the same right gun club, and yeah. Well, I, I'm not like... talking about that. I'm just talking about my gun group that I okay. train with. But, okay. um, you know, and, and those those are a little bit biased. But every other place that I go. Between here and there, like, and I'm not saying that it's all Trump here, but what I'm saying is that there is a really good split, 
even on the west side of Cleveland, Trump versus Biden? The, the, the issue to me comes down to who will turn out. In 2016, no one was energetic to turn out for Hillary. In 2020, they were energetic to turn out for Biden because he was not Trump. I think that momentum will continue to a degree. You sure? No, I'm not sure. That's what I think. Because I, I just think there's a lot more people holding Israel against Biden right now than you realize. Maybe. Maybe. All right, let, 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 let's stay on this and talk Carrie Lake real quick because you put this up there and it's a good story. So, Carrie Lake, our favorite uh, loser out of Arizona, uh, she ran for governor, lost, said it was stolen. She's been arguing that it was stolen in court for the last three years. Um, hasn't made any sort of traction in court, um, and now she may be making a potential Senate run. And uh, a tape leaked, an audio recording has been leaked of the Arizona GOP chairman, Jeff DeWitt, offering Carrie Lake a blank check to not run for the Senate for a Senate seat in Arizona. Right? Like I will pay he said, how much will it take to keep you from running in the Senate? And she to her credit, she's like, there's no amount of money. I can't be bought. These people are corrupt. Nope, you're a bad guy. Now Carrie recorded it. So, Carrie knows what to say because she's recording it, right? But nonetheless, old Jeff DeWitt allowed himself to get caught, right? So, that audio leaks, and he, my man doesn't even deny it. He's like, well, he resigns from his position, right? I didn't know that. Does not try to fight it. He fully resigns from his position. He's like, and I'm out, right? Carrie Lake is claiming victory. See? See how far the deep state reaches. See, see what lengths they'll go to to try to keep me quiet. What do I say all the time? No one gets the excuse of I didn't know I was being recorded because assume you're being recorded. If you have a smartphone, you're being recorded. recorded. You have the absolutely the, the opportunity to be recorded is there. And if you think, oh, this is a safe space because of black, black, black. No, it's not. You are unless in, listen. You make you you want to you, you want to make that sort of offer. Like you got to find the Mission Impossible, you know, exploding letter, right? Right. Like, um, hey, what, how what, much what, money will it take to get you to not run for Senate? This letter will self-destruct <laughs> in fifteen seconds. You know how to reach me if you're interested. Boom. And I mean, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. And when I always try to bring things back to comedy. There are comics who will not let you go see a show they're doing unless you put your phone in a bag that nullifies its ability to record because people they don't steal want jokes. People steal jokes. Right. And, and, and people don't want the material to get out right, because it's right. like, right, why do I need to go to see right. like, it? They're working on it or people see it and like, ah, I don't need right. to go see it. But either way, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and so if, if you don't have that bag that nullifies the ability of cameras to record or phones to record shit, and by the way, even if you do, shit still gets out. So yep. assume you are being recorded. But I just but, think that's interesting. And then I just, it's, I think it will empower her more. Um, but the other interesting part about this is that, so the news of the tape leaking gets out. And that same day, there's a rally, or the next day that uh, there was a, a, uh, a rally for Trump. Uh, and the event, uh, the tickets for this event were $3,600 a piece. 
um, okay. to have dinner with Donald Trump and you know rally and you know support him in his bid to become the president again. And I don't know what the reason is, but he uh, he decided not to show up. Now I did he not I show up or did he cancel? He canceled. Okay. He, Not that makes it better, just... I don't know what the difference is, but... <laughs> well, because okay. I should pay my 3600 bucks, and I'm there right. like, okay... He canceled. Now, I haven't seen anything about a refund. So, I mean, because... And maybe they didn't get one, because, you know, 3600 bucks. you have to imagine there was food there, there was drinks, there were people, whatever. So maybe they still have the event, but Donald Trump doesn't show up. It just turns into a fundraiser, but... Eee, here's the thing, That's though. more than a Taylor Swift concert ticket. He's going to need that money, Jim. You know why? Because he's got legal bills that are piling the fuck up. Yeah, he got a he got a he's judgment. He's not gonna pay his. Lo- oh, did he get a judgment? Eighty three million for the whole E. Jean Carroll thing. Eighty three million. Right, and that and, whole and, thing was a shit show, right? Because that whole proceeding, right, for the last however many weeks has been about this: how much money he's already been found liable. Right, right. Now the reason why this is that while I'm saying that is because his attorney. Alina Haba, does, I don't think that her or Trump understand that like the evidentiary proceed like that part is over. He's already been found liable. This is about how much the fucker is gonna have to pay. That's what it's been about the whole fucking time, and they keep trying to enter evidence to show that he's not guilty. It's like or he's not liable, right? right. right which already happened. It's a civil trial, right? And so they don't get and they're like. You're violating our... You are trying to enter shit that's not relevant to this proceeding. That's why. She literally went on TV and said, I don't like being told what I can and can't say. You can't do that in court. Bitch, there's a whole fucking class on what you can and can't enter as evidence or testimony in fucking law school, which I now have doubts that you actually fucking went to. I have never, ever seen, and I listen, at one point, I was a rookie public fucking defender, right? I, me, I, and I am, I am multiple, multiple jerks short of a big boom, right? So, I don't know where this bitch came from. I don't know how she got to the point where she was in a, here's the thing. She didn't look like this like six years ago, right? Because everyone's like, oh, she's a bitch. She's just going off her looks. She didn't look like this six years ago. Plastic surgery, some shit to, to face done, tan, hair, lips, teeth, all that shit. Like, I, I don't know how long Donald Trump has been pumping money into her, right? But there's a transformation that's happened with this chick. Yeah, I, I saw. So she didn't her. like she didn't get through law school on her looks is what I'm telling you, and now I'm questioning if she got through law school. I I, I saw an interview with her where she said was asked if you'd rather be considered smart or pretty, and she said I'd rather be considered pretty because I can pretend to be smart. And Joe Scarborough, I think, said apparently you can't. I I don't know if that's a real quote. I saw it. I saw the video. Oh, yeah. She God said she'd rather be. Considered pretty than smart because you can fake being smart. Yes, I saw those words. It could be an AI deep fake, but oh I doubt God. it. So she, this yes, is why. This she said is those why, words. So that's why she did it. That's why she did all. That's why she got all done up. She's just an idiot. 
She knows she's an idiot, so she had to step her game up one way or another. She couldn't get any smarter because she is apparently at her cap. So the only thing she could do is enhance her looks. That's got to be the reason because the shit that she is saying, right? And it's it's not. I don't hate women. Please don't go with the oh you're a se-. like no. This woman okay cisgender really, male right. <laughs> You almost got stabbed in the neck. <laughs> she, she, like, I just, the fuck-ups that she's making are the type of shit, like, these are the type of mistakes that happen when you're a second-year law student on, you in know, moot court. on moot court for the first time. And as someone that was, a, you know, our t- we were a moot court finalist up in Wisconsin. Um, and we lost to Notre Dame, by the way. That okay. sucked. At, um, at least you're not holding on to shit from. I am. Right, just another <laughs> reason for me to fucking hate Notre Dame. Um, they were they were good though. They were really good. Um, anyway, but I, let me say this: I listen to her talk. I'm like, I am not a law student. I'm a fucking engineer, and I'm listening to some of the shit she's going. Like, I know better than that. But yeah, she, d- dude, she's like, she's making mistakes that, like, you know, a. a like I said, a second-year law student, first experience in moot court, like making those level of mistakes. Which by the time, you know, law school doesn't do you doesn't do a great job of teaching you how to maneuver in court, right? Like that comes with experience, with an internship, externship, sure. um, and then just practice over time. But like, she is like, it's really bad, and and I'm not being a di- like. Male, female, it doesn't matter who she was representing. It, it, like, I wouldn't trust her on a low-level drug charge. <laughs> I, I shit you not. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I would don't not trust her with a low-level drug. I, she wouldn't know the first... Now, again, she's not a criminal attorney, so, I mean, there's a lot of attorneys who may fuck that up. But no, I, at the same time, even if you took an attorney that was a tax attorney... Right, and then had to, and then just had to got thrown in somehow of doing a criminal case. They would do a better job than this chick who I don't know. I, I don't know what she's doing. I mean, what I've seen, she's trying to enter shit into evidence like to surprise the judge. Like I'm gonna read this now, and she's like, no, you enter this into evidence and you do this. People need to. This, we're not. The, the judge is literally walking her through some of this shit. Now listen, that happened to me once. Um, on a, a perjury situation, and I, I literally was like, I didn't know this shit really happened. What do I do? Um, but I literally like looked at the judge, like, help me, right? <laughs> um, and how old were you? I mean, I, I was 22, 23. No, no, no. I mean, I was you know 25, 24, 20, okay. you know, tw- um, you know, a little bit because oh, law school or, yeah, after yeah, yeah, college, yeah, yeah. but still, point being, I was a young attorney and I, I didn't know my fucking dick from a doorknob, you know? So, uh, you know, when it comes to a courtroom, so I, like, early mistakes I get, but this this chick, like, she's like my fucking age, right? Like, maybe a little bit younger. So that means you have to, you, you probably have been out of law school for a while. So what the fuck have you been doing? I think she's been a TV personality more than anything else. I don't know that for sure. I heard it said, but I never followed up. But I think she's now, oh, here's the real world where you can't just... Oh, she's spending a lot of time on TV now, and that's problematic with the mistakes that you're making. Like I would, I, I would have every fucking law book that I have open, trying to figure out like how to not look like a complete moron, right? Every time I fucking walk in the courtroom. But then again, this is a part of their grift, right? Like Trump put a team together of a bunch of people who had no idea how to be 
right, in a presidential administration. Right. Typically, presidential administrations, they have holdovers from the previous. They've got people who've got experience, who've been around the beltway, who know how it works. Right. Trump got a whole bunch of outsiders, right, which everybody clapped about, and a whole bunch of yes men and people who had no idea what the fuck they were doing. And it was fucking chaos. Right. I still think about that article where the one guy was going to fight Mike, Mike, well, Flynn, Mike Flynn. Yeah. Right. And just how crazy that whole fucking story was. And that was a firsthand account from someone that was there. And it was wild. Um, and so she is of that same vein. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm barely qualified to even call myself this particular title that I have, right? But instead of really getting better at my job and doing my job, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on TV and I'm going to push a certain narrative and I'm going to make that narrative sound really good to a group of people who want to hear that said narrative and who will blindly support it no matter what and then at the end of the day it doesn't fucking matter if i could do my job or not because i'm still going to get paid off of all of this oh I think, by the way are you <laughs> i think donald promised me and i'm gonna get a new set of tits all right i wonder what stephen miller got a new set of tits i don't think he got a new set of tits okay i don't think you so, think yeah. he got like something like weird like calf implants moving on um <laughs> So you want to, yeah, I, I want nothing to do with this. We're, we're already at over 50 minutes. Let's go. Let's just jump straight to football if you're all right, right with that. Fine. I'm bitter. I'm angry. Tell them why you're I'm, mad, son. Tell them why you're mad. I'm mad because Tell we should have won mad, the fucking son. game. We should have won the fucking game. We didn't. Um, what do you think goes, went wrong? A bunch of things. There's always 10 things that go wrong in a game like Top that. Top three reasons why the Bills lost. Tyler Bass can't kick from the right side of the field. Um, our defense was very, very depleted in the back seven, specifically a linebacker. Uh, how you let Travis Kelsey get that fucking open, I don't know. Um, and Josh Allen had a few chances to make plays, and whether you blame... I mean, he threw a monster ball to Steph Diggs that couldn't change the game. He undershot a shot to Khalil Shakir that typical Josh Allen lasers that in. And this time, I think he might have done the whole... Do I do this? Do I do that? And he short-armed the opportunity. You think the pressure got him? Uh, yeah, his head. I mean, not 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 so much like he choked under pressure. It's the whole, um, you know, do the, uh, you know, I mean, it's easy for me to sit on a chair and say he should have thrown that or done that. But I've I've been in that situation in, in hunting where, okay, I can do this or that, and I kind of get mixed up in my thoughts of, you know, do I shoot center mass? Do I shoot this? And then I shoot into the fucking ground because I'm double thinking. That's what, how I do it. What happens in a boxing match when you hesitate like that? Should you I get this? jacked in the fucking chin. Right? Yep. Yep. I mean, look. And he did have Chris Jones bearing down on him on that throw. And Chris Jones is, by all accounts, a pretty good football player. True, but I've seen Josh Allen with really good football players hanging all over him throw darts. Yeah. And... I like Josh Allen. I've told you, I was telling you that you had your guy two years ago, three years ago. Do you, do you, do you remember what happened that night, the night we drafted Josh Allen? Yeah. You met me. We, what the fuck? We were getting together. You were not sober yet because we got together and I was nothing near sober. I landed. Because what, what, they drafted him in 2018. 18 or 17. Yeah, 18 or 17. So yeah. I didn't get sober until 2019. Um, and so... But I at the end of 2019, by that way. But we, we got an Uber together going somewhere. I don't remember the details of it other than I landed 
We got together. We went to. I think we went to the patio. I think actually. we did go to the patio. We went to the patio to watch it, and um, and I lost my fucking mind when we gave up two second rounders and a first rounder to move up five spots, and so I I've had to uh, you know bear that cross so to speak because Josh Allen is a fucking stud, mm-hmm. absolute stud. And what's funny to me is so many Cleveland fans come up to me now and are like, "Oh, I wanted to draft draft Josh Allen," did you? I, I, you know. Well, but you're not a Browns fan. Well, I'm not, but. And you said the Browns should draft Baker Mayfield number one overall, and I 100% agree with you, and I stand by your call and my backing of that call. At the time, absolutely the right thing to do. Right. Now, look, if you had to do the redraft, right, then you would take fucking Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. Right. Right. Um, in that draft at that position. But my, my argument was that I'll take Baker at number one because. He he checks all the boxes. He can make all the throws. Yeah, he's a little short, but he's got the right attitude. He had the right attitude for Cleveland, and I thought that he would be a good fit, which he was, and he was on the right trajectory. And then he gets hurt that second year after that. Now, remember, the Browns lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs after beating the Steelers. They lost in the divisional round. They didn't get blown out. They had a chance to win that fucking game, but their defense, their defense – couldn't stop who? Not Patrick Mahomes. They Tyler couldn't Henke? stop Chad Henney. Chad Henney, okay. On a 12, it was third down and 12, or maybe fourth down and 12, and Chad Henney on a quarterback keeper scrambles out to the left and gets 12. Chad fucking Henney, 45 million, seven years old, Chad Henney runs for 12 yards against the Browns defense. Keeps the drive alive. I think they end up going down. They end up, Kansas City ends up winning by a field goal. They, or, or yeah. And the Browns didn't lose to Patrick Mahomes, and they didn't lose because of Baker Mayfield. Mahomes got knocked out of that game with a, a shot to the head, right? Right. They lost because their defense couldn't stop it, right? So then the next year, Baker Mayfield comes out, plays really good in the first two games, right? I think they actually beat Kansas City in the, in the season opener. Right, if I if I remember that season correctly, or maybe I, I they be, lost to him and it was a close game, but then they won they won a game and then Baker gets hurt against Minnesota and it pretty much goes downhill after that. But they sh- in the Browns, what they should have done is they should have set him. They should have not played him. They should have set him for a month. They were paying Case Keenum. Case Keenum was the highest paid backup in the league, right? And instead of bringing in Case Keenum, a Keenum, a guy who could have won them a couple games, they could have went two and two and brought Baker back and still been in the playoff hunt, they just went with Baker. He had injured his left non-throwing shoulder, which if you've ever damaged a shoulder before, right, and you can think, well, it wasn't his throwing shoulder, try to throw a football with a torn labrum, right? Try to throw a football with a torn scap in either shoulder, and I promise you, you will then understand what that kid was doing out there and why his passes look like wounded fucking ducks that entire season. So the Browns... And I think it was intentional because they didn't want to keep him. Stefanski didn't draft him. Andrew Barry didn't draft him. So they said, fuck it. We don't like him. So fuck it. Make him play hurt. If the kid can get us to the playoffs on a hurt shoulder, then we'll keep him. But if not, we're going after somebody. They end up running the kid into the ground. They go and get Deshaun Watson, and they ship him off to Carolina, which is where, you know, right now, currently quarterbacks are going to die. (laughs) Right? And then he gets run out of Carolina because he couldn't resurrect that 
train wreck, which no one actually could. He goes out to he goes out to the Rams, and they fix him in a couple in a couple days. He goes out, has a great game for them, plays relatively well, and then gets him this deal down in Tampa, and then go, go goes and gets himself another playoff win, right? And he is is going toe to toe with Jared Goff in Detroit. Then he throws the interceptions, and okay, sure. he had a bad game, but you know. Dak Prescott didn't play good in his and all the other quarterbacks. So, you know, Josh, you know, Josh Allen and and and, and uh, Baker Mayfield went out at the same time. So, to right. your point, I'm just supporting why I like Baker Mayfield as a player. Um, look, I think that I think the pressure did get to Josh Allen a little bit. I think he realized that this was a good opportunity for them playing at home. They had played well. They had made some mistakes, and I think he, at that point, only trusted him. But the problem was, because of that, he just – there was a little bit of hesitation, right? Right, that, that, he, so you're he, kind of agreeing with right. me. Right. Well, and what I'm telling you is we're sugarcoating it. Pressure got to him. Pressure broke him this time. And I'm not saying that's a permanent stigma, that that's how he's going to play forever – but in this he's game, got, he's been clutch in the past. He right? has, but in this game, the pressure got him. All right, you and, know, and, I mean, and, 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 and it he, did, he definitely won the hero ball. Hero my guy, ball mode. Uh, my who's my guy? My guy's seven, right? Ben Roethlisberger. Yep. Ben Roethlisberger, I can say, can tell you, had one of the one of the greatest drives in the history of the Super Bowl. That game, to, that that drive to beat Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, okay. Right, but at the same time, we lost to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Because he threw two interceptions in that game. Everybody blames Richard Mendenhall, but he threw two interceptions, and one of them was a pick six. Right? Pressure got to him. You can say, oh, Pouncey wasn't there and everything else, but the pressure got to Ben on that, in that particular game. We don't want, to, we don't want a Super Bowl I mean, it's the, biggest, it's the biggest stage you're going to be is, on. It is, but it's okay uh, to say the pressure got to him. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to argue that. I do want to talk about Lamar Jackson, though. Say the words. I'm not going to say it. Uh-huh. Say it. Uh-huh. I can't say it. Um, Talk about it. You know, I um, this this clicked with me. Now I'm going to say this, and I'm going to preempt it with I'm acknowledging he is far more physically gifted, but his game reminds me so much of Doug Flutie. He sees space up the middle. He's gone. He throws lasers. He doesn't throw lofted touch passes. First of all. That first thing you said, he sees space up the middle. He's gone. No, he's not. Not not this year. Not MVP Lamar. Lamar okay. sees what he's what he sees. Lamar sees space up the middle. Lamar's eyes are downfield. If he sees space up the middle, he's looking for an open receiver up until, up until he can't find anyone. But the issue and then is he does. So, but so was but, but this year, he's finding the people before he's running. Right now, he's got you know eight hundred yards rushing or whatever. But nonetheless, um, it's what he's doing. With his eyes downfield and his passing downfield, like don't minimize. Doug Flutie did that too, though. Comparing like, Lamar I, Jackson to Doug Flutie is doing Lamar Jackson a gross disservice. Gross disservice. Okay, I, 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 Doug Flutie, I love Doug Flutie. Yeah, fighter, scrapper, all American, little white guy. It, he couldn't touch. They're both Lamar. smart. They both knew how to use their legs. They both. They don't have the same talent. No, no. That's why I started with. That's why I started with. Lamar Jackson is much more talented. Okay. But but the 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 main thing that that put that uh, comparison in my head was Kenny Pickett reminds me of Jim Kelly. Okay. Does he? 
No, because it's ridiculous, Jim. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous comparison. Just It's a ridiculous comparison. They're not like Doug Flutie, fine, was a good little quarterback, but he is not Lamar Jackson. He didn't scare anybody. I said that. Okay. I said that. Doug Flutie is nowhere near the physical talent, but they're both smart. They both, the main thing to me was just they don't throw that, you know, touch pass. They throw a laser. And that's takes more talent, I think, than throwing a lofted ball up there and telling the receiver go get it. At least say Steve Young, for fuck's sake. Oh, fine, Steve Young. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm again. Yeah, this is not. I, I knew you would not react well to that, but just when I watched Lamar Jackson, I mean, I get the comparison, right? Doug Flutie like survived, ran around, but he ran around because he was too short to see over the line, right? Let's just be honest, right? Like he had to get out of there so he could see. He, not that he wouldn't throw over the middle, no. or he couldn't. But he was better on the move, on the run, because he could see, right? Lamar runs because he can, right? But Lamar can see, which is what makes him so dangerous, because Lamar doesn't have to go outside the pocket. He can go up the middle, and then he can take it and, to the left and, and all the way back and, to the right. And, 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 and I mean... And Doug Flutie, like, he okay. did, but, like, watching Doug Flutie run around... Is like walk, watching a chicken with his head cut off, and like every time you're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he survived! How did he do that?" Right? Watching Lamar is like watching a fucking artist paint on a canvas when he runs, right? Like you're you you were never look watching Doug Flutie run, waiting for him to hit the spin move, right, and then juke somebody and get downfield, right? You were you were watching Doug Flutie, hoping he didn't get fucking decapitated. Right, and then we're amazed because he actually it rarely happened. <laughs> but, There's a but, difference. Again, I I I I'm acknowledging Lamar's physical gifts are way way better, but they both have a great sense for the field. They both throw that laser shot rather than that you know throw it up and see what happens. I mean, you know, as much as I'm a Josh Allen fan. A lot of times he's just saying, "I'm going to put this ball in this area and expect Stephon Diggs." Or but what about that throw he threw to his Isaiah Likely, right in the end zone, right? They threw that play twice, right? It was uh, well, we won't go through the diagram okay. of the play, but Likely runs a play where he ends up kind of floating over the middle, where he out like he's way bigger than the safety. First time Lamar throws it, he throws a fucking laser, but because he throws a laser, the defender had a play on the ball. Likely just couldn't get his hands on it. Likely looks at Lamar and points up and says, put it up there, dog. Like, he literally points up, and then he points two hands at himself like, fucking look at me. Right? And Lamar immediately... I I, I didn't see that. um, Lamar immediately taps himself on the helmet, and he says, that's on me. Right? Two red zone trips later, literally same exact play, formation, setup, everything. Likely the tight end runs the same exact route. Lamar sees it, and right before he throws it, he nods his head up. He lofts a okay. pretty little I, ball. I, it, well, my point is... I was playing poker at the time. Right. Being a turner, by the way. Yeah. It's a dub. It's a dub. Let's go to strip club. But he throws it up and uh, likely catches it over him. What I'm saying is that Lamar's game has adapted, and he's going to be the MVP this year, not because of his legs. It's because of his arm, and it's not just I'm running around making play. Like, it's he's playing within the system, but his legs are so scary that it freezes people, right? It causes them to hesitate, which is when he strikes, or he does have those legs. And when he uses them, it's like I said, it's like watching an artist paint on a canvas. So re- redrafting that draft, you said Josh Allen and Lamar are one and two. I 100% agree. Which one goes first? 
Lamar because he's got two MVPs. He's about to get a second MVP. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think it's, that's... It's I, a really tough call, isn't it? I, I mean, some would argue Josh Allen because he's so durable, and that's hard to argue. But, like, when Lamar's healthy, he's just so lethal. Right? And he's just... I don't know. They're both fucking studs. Right? Because whoever drafts him, you have to build a team around him. Right? And so I guess with Josh Allen, and maybe Josh Allen is the answer because you don't necessarily have to do that. Like, you should. Right? You should build it around him and his strength. But, like, if you don't have the greatest offensive line, which the Bills always haven't always. Um, it's, It's been better this year. I think it could still use some work, but it's been better than it has been. But... He's so big and strong. Like, he's literally, like, I watched this with Ben Roethlisberger, right? I watched it. I watched a big, and people do not remember, like, Ben Roethlisberger, like, peak Ben Roethlisberger when he could still run. Like, y'all don't remember him ripping 15, 20-yard runs on a semi-regular basis because he would catch people by surprise, right? And, like, you don't remember him making the dashes to the end zone and running in. Like, they never lined up and used Ben like a fullback like they do with Josh Allen, Right, but like Ben could run, so I watched this big, strong guy who was a crazy athlete. Right, a guy who literally could play one on one with Anthony Hardaway, <laughs> right, and be competitive. There's a reference I don't know why. Right, because uh, I, I watched it. I watched them. I watched them play each other. It was crazy. Um, but I watched the evolution of that guy. And Josh Allen is Ben Roethlisberger, but I think a step better I think he's athlete. More athletic, yeah, um, like he's definitely like he's got. Better top end speed. I don't know if he's he's they're got both a big huge human right. Beings. They're big. They're both giants. Josh Allen has a big arm, but Ben had a big arm. But Ben had a big arm and threw just a amazingly pretty catchable ball far downfield before his elbow got blown out um, in twenty nineteen. So I mean, I just who do I take? I t- I probably. I said Lamar because he has two MVPs, but I think the actual answer is Josh Allen. He's more durable, right? He's just a guy who you don't have to do as much for in terms of how you build your team. Um, But I think, again, Lamar proves his value this year by MVP, and there's nobody really arguing with it, right? Right, no. Right, like Christian McCaffrey is going to get Offensive Player of the Year which I think is a no-brainer. Um, but, like, you look at Lamar and just what he did and how he did it, and they're like, oh, his numbers are only in the top ten across the board for passing. I'm like, yeah. But then you look at what he did with, you know, on the ground, and his team is 12 and, you know, or however many wins they have. 14. 14 and 3, right? Um, and he played every game, right, except for the last one. Um, where they sat him down because they didn't need right, it. Right, exactly. And like you, like, and then you watch the games and you see why they won. It's you know, like their defense was really good, but they're, you know, the Baltimore Ravens. I think they beat twelve teams by fourteen points or more. I, th- I think it was nine winning teams by fourteen points or more. No, I think it was double digit, like winning teams. Like, well, people can fact check, fact check us yes. on this. So let's, let's Either way, they beat a lot of good teams by a 14 lot. points or more. All right. We, I, I, I want to – I think you you know did the uh, divisional round playoff uh, analysis very well. I did not um, join in because of concern, you know, whatever superstition. 
Uh, we've got two games left. We got Baltimore and Kansas City. Your thoughts? So, I mean, I think that um, – so, you know, my analysis last week with Kansas City and Buffalo, it ends up being wrong because of the factor, right, that I kind of said was the key factor, right? The question was, like, I didn't think that Kansas City could generate enough offense because their receivers were so unreliable. And then their receivers woke up. Mark, uh, MVS ends up having a big game, making two really big catches in that game that were catches that he flat out was not making during the regular season leading up to it. Um, you know, McCole Hardman played a role. I mean, although he had that fumble, um, Travis Kelsey looked like Travis Kelsey. How the fuck do you let that guy get that open? He, well, Those my teeth didn't separate when I said this. But Travis Kelsey, when he's at his best, that like when when Travis Kelsey is at his best, that is the question that every defensive coordinator in the league is asking, right? And it's because Travis Kelsey's got a background playing quarterback. He knows how to read zones. He just knows how to read it at a superior. It's like that's his Avenger mutant superpower. Is that he figures out like all the defense is going to be in these spots. I can perfectly put myself in the spot where Patrick can see me and get me the ball. And you can have the right coverage called. He just knows how to beat it, right? And that's that's what makes him arguably probably the greatest tight end of all time when it's all said and done because he does that better than anybody else. Yeah, he uh, – he, and I, I – Tight I, end I, or receiver, I, I, to I, be I, honest. I, I, I say that so casually, but yet at the same time, he's blocking. He's in – you can't just have someone – grab his leg and hold on to him and then he gets in some space and finds a spot and right gets, i mean and that's the other thing he's a good blocker yeah and then he's a good blocker and a good at faking like he's blocking and then sneaking out right i mean it's just like you can sit there and be mad but if he's if he goes on a down block right and he commits to the block right the you know like they've all got like you can only hang there for so long and then you know somebody's drifting behind you so you got to bail and he knows that it's it's literally a game of chicken he waits for you to bail and you turn your eyes turn your back a little bit and then he's like all right see you later i'm just gonna go to that spot where you were i'm gonna hang out and that's that yep so so anyway so that's why i was wrong because they literally came back to life that's it i mean now part of that was calling you off for being wrong i want to know what you're thinking about this game well it does. It's important because it leads us to this game, okay. right? So Buffalo's issue was you had a lot of injuries on the back end, yep. right? That's part of the problem, and that's part of how he gets so open is that a lot of your like people, literally people who would be in a position who knew how to deal with Travis Kelsey are out of that game, right? So that's part of the reason why Travis Kelsey looks better, and like we said, some of the other receivers wake up. So now that's what gets you Kansas City moving on to the AFC Championship. Baltimore. Their defense, they're getting healthier, right? Their team is getting healthier. They're getting Mark Andrews back, right? Like, they're, like they're, they're, they're corner safety. Like, they, they're getting healthier. And them healthy is they're the best defense in the league, right? They put pressure on you, right? They don't blitz a lot, right? They, they blitz a decent amount, but I think they're coming in at, like, 25 26% of the time. They're getting to you with four people, Right, but the issue is it's just not always the same four, and that's that's where the sort of disconnect is between them and blitzing and everything else. Because if they're only coming at you with four, they're not overloading, so right. it's not technically There's a blitz. There's seven guys out there to take but it's yeah. just like you know, like they're sending a guy and then they're popping guys out. You don't know who's popping in and out, 
right? They're popping guys out that don't make sense to pop out based off where the blitz is coming from. So they end up flooding a zone. You don't think that that zone is flooded. You get a turnover, right? Or they just sack you, right? Or they just jam up your run play or whatever it is. So Baltimore's defense is playing at a crazy high level. I don't think that Kansas, even though Kansas City's offense came to life, I don't know if they're going to be able to handle the pressure that Baltimore is going to put out. They had C.J. Stroud on the run nonstop, right? Like, I mean, it just, like, C.J. Stroud could not do anything. And he, he played cool under pressure. He didn't turn the ball over. But, you know, at the same time, like, he couldn't Run do anything. Right. To- you know, and Houston didn't score, bro. The only touchdown that Houston scored was on a punt return. You know they they they, they kicked a field goal and they and they and they and they, they got the they got the special team score but they didn't score a touchdown, um, so I just think Baltimore's defense is going to put too much pressure on Kansas City, and they're going to be out. Flip flip the script to the other side with Detroit and San Francisco, harder one to call because I think Detroit's Detroit's offense just stresses the defense so much. Um, they get Laporta back, they sign Zach Ertz. I don't know if he'll play, but I. You know, he's there in the mix. They've got Amra St. Brown, like he, Jameer Gibbs, Montgomery. They can put so much pressure on you, but San Francisco's defense is built to take it, right? They're not, I don't think, as good as Baltimore's defense, but they, they can be in flashes. Um, and I think that their defense is more consistent than Detroit's offense. Um, but it's a game at home where Goff plays at his best. Um, well, it's not in Detroit. It's in San Francisco. Or, yeah. No, okay, so it is an away game. Yeah, I'm sorry. Detroit is. Detroit was the uh, – they were the two seat? They were two, yeah. Yeah, so this game is in San Francisco. Right, okay. So no, – I think in Detroit it's a whole different game because Detroit yes, is – Yes, okay, so I was thinking that was going to be in Detroit. But this game is in San Francisco. Um I think it's supposed to rain as well. Goff does not like the rain. I think San Francisco wins this game. Well, I agree with your assessments. Uh, again, I'm bitter, angry, and and uh, still complaining, but uh, I'm still proud of my bills. Whoever the assholes are that were tweeting or texting death threats of Tyler Bass for missing the kick, if you threaten a person's life over a football game, you're probably a degenerate gambler who lost money and not an actual fan. Go fuck yourself. Uh, I do want the Bills to bring in a guy who's more of a directional kicker rather than a guy who just booms the ball. But I got Chris Boswell. I'm fine. Okay. I will say this. Uh, I forget. Don't worry. All right. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Cannabis may have played a role in tonight's episode, for which we do not apologize. We're done. We're done.